If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Welcome to Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And the weather outside is frightful. We're snuggled up with our hot cocoa. Indeed, and we're enjoying the, the light drizzle outside, which is wonderful for Southern California. Absolutely. And if you are the type of person who celebrates Christmas, Merry Christmas! Yeah, otherwise, happy holidays, or winter solstice, Yes, it, or whatever. It, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it is Christmas today, so uh, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas to the Christmas people, to the other people. Factual, it is Christmas. Hello. Yes, which is why it's very exciting that we will be reviewing Black Christmas today. Ooh. However, everyone knows that we will start with our 10-word review, so Brennan, start us off. I watched a whole bunch of Christmas movies because Sergio is super christmas man so i need I to cater this. to his needs um all right the muppet christmas carol too much michael kane not enough frog banjo the christmas shoes i'm mad that this kinda didn't suck fred claus elizabeth banks is not properly dressed for north pole weather oh elizabeth banks my 10 word reviews um first is for august osage county do you want to see what emotional abuse looks like and also for slow learners surprisingly poignant I'm going to end up like them adults. And that's it. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? No, obviously not. <laughs> I just said them adults because I couldn't figure out how to get that uh, review small enough. Brennan, read us the plot. Yes, hello. Um, as always, there will be spoilers in our discussion. Here is the plot to Black Christmas as read from the Somerville House DVD, Critical Mass. All these Canadian companies Special are confusing. Special edition, it says. I'm, yeah, it's got two hours of new bonus material. We did not watch that. Um, here's the plot. The college town of Bedford is receiving an unwelcome guest this Christmas. As the residents of sorority house Pi Kappa Sig prepare for the festive season, a demonic stranger begins to stalk the house. A series of grisly obscene phone calls start to plague the residents of the sorority, and soon they will each meet their fate at the hands of the psychotic intruder. Bum bum bum. Uh, okay, great. So, thank you for reading the plot. You're Let's welcome. move on to our review. So, uh, we rate scariness because it is a special special Yay. holiday episode. And because I'm in charge of naming the things. Pretty much. Uh, scariness is rated from one to five Krampuses. Ooh. Campiness is rated one to five Santa hats. Gore is rated one to five wrapping paper cuts. And quality is one to five presents. Yay. Yay. So, Brennan... Let's start with uh, scariness. How many Krampuses was this movie? <laughs> I gave it three out of five Krampuses. It, um, Black Christmas came out in 1974, uh, same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and actually like just like a couple weeks apart from it. Um, it's one of those seminal slasher movies, so it's more of a like low-key slow burn, but I found it really tremendously effective. I thought the killer was really unpredictable. Like, um, when he was doing his obscene phone calls, he was going, like, back and forth between all these different voices, and you just don't know what he's going to do next. And he had that, uh, uh, Star Wars spoilers, I guess. He had that Kylo Ren moment where he was just smashing everything up in the attic. Mm -hmm. And he seems legitimate, legitimately dangerous. Like, you don't know what's what he's going to do. And that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, 
I'm gonna read it two out of five, but but let's go a little further into talking about this like killer. He does some really weird things. So he does he he pulls a kind of exorcist thing where he rants about um, sexual things that he wants to do to the girls, right? But then he also does the other side where it sounds like he's like crying and confessing to some sort of sin, or um, talking about this woman Agnes and talking about Billy who might be himself, um, and it just is really all over the place and it doesn't really have storyline and it never is revealed yeah like there's a lot of stuff implied like there's clearly like some gross molesty stuff going on but you right. never figure out anything and that's part of what keeps him so evil and mysterious yeah which i like it's very like kind of halloween-esque where you're just where the evil doesn't have like there isn't a reason why he's evil there he's just evil and you know something's happening here so it's not like he's just evil without something but you never get to know what it is which leaves you really unsettled at the end which i really like absolutely yeah but i still rated it a two out of five krampuses because um i didn't think that it did anything groundbreaking it definitely gets a higher score for being in the 70s and doing what it did yeah i mean um, a lot of what it did was groundbreaking in the 70s right but, but now you've seen a lot more that's true but considering that texas chainsaw came out you said the same year right yeah okay came out the same year texas chainsaw gives me nightmares um this movie doesn't give me nightmares that's uh, fair. but i do appreciate uh the quality and the skill that went into it so two out of five great mm-hmm. and what's your campiness rating uh my campiness is two out of five Usually my campus rating is only because of like one character. Uh, essentially, the fashion sense, fashion style, oh, man. perfect. It's great. I think at one point the den mother is wearing like a plaid blazer with a pl- matching plaid skirt, but it's like pink and gray plaid, and she's always got these hats on, and she's drinking from <laughs> all these places. It's like she kept a bottle of booze in um in the toilet in tank. the toilet tank. And it's always the same bottle of booze or like the same brand of booze. So she's not like mixing it up. She has like what she likes. She's a consistent customer. Exactly. But she has them everywhere. She had one in her closet. She like, she found one somewhere. I'm sure she had one in her car. Like, you know, there was that going on. Um, a lot of the characters had crazy haircuts. Um, Andrea Martin had a perm. Oh man, that was fantastic. Which is great. We're going to talk more about her later. And uh, the main character, Jess, her boyfriend had like really long Jim Henson hair. Yeah, that's right. And the turtleneck. He was wearing a, a green oh, man, turtleneck, yeah. which is so gross. Um, but again, I think it's because we live in Southern California and we never... Yeah, maybe we've just never seen winter. Like yeah. that snow is super campy. Like it looked so right? white. Like, oh my God. Like, can we get some more racially diverse snow up in here? Campiness is three out of five Santa hats for me. Um, this movie, I, I hadn't seen it since high school and I was not prepared to appreciate it in high school because it was one of the very first lectures that I've watched and I was kind of expecting a more like silent night, deadly night antics, like stabbing people with candy canes and that did not happen. So I was not prepared for a movie that's actually to be taken seriously, but now I am. And now that I came to it as a movie, it's actually really funny. Yeah, it was, it was really funny. There's a lot of really intentionally funny moments, especially in the first act. Mm-hmm. Like there's the part where the, the girl who dies first, she gets smothered with a plastic bag, which is intense. Yeah. Um, but she or her father comes and he's investigating her room and she has all of these this like uh, kind of obscene posters and stuff. It's like very counterculture. You know, it's the 70s and, mm-hmm. and she's in college. And so it's like. There was like the the peace sign made of two naked people. And yeah, but um, the house mother was showing him around the room, and he was kind of 
disapproving and all this stuff. And she had to, she leaned over on the poster and put her hand on it to cover the ass crack of the dude. Yeah. And it was like that. It's a funny scene. Like there were funny things happening and I was so surprised. And, um, the, one of the best characters, Barb, who's the, like the drunk slutty chick. Yeah. Um, she's getting a kid drunk in the background of one of the scenes. Oh, that was great. Um, when they're doing their, the fraternities, Santa help the underprivileged youths charity thing. Yeah. Where the Santa is cussing at the children. Yes. Uh, like lots of really intentionally funny things. And there's a part, um, the girl who's the mother with a plastic bag is in, in the attic the entire time. Like, I don't think they ever discover her even after they discover the killer. Right. Like she's still there. But at one point the cat, the cat, the cat that lives in the sorority house is licking the bag and i think that's hilarious because i have two cats or my parents do and cats love plastic bags and i was like that is so true mm-hmm. it's like yes dane cook this is true that's so true this is something that happens yes indeed although they don't ever actually find the killer well they think they do yeah you're right okay cool i'm just glad that we're on the same page with that i was worried that i'd miss something again <laughs> okay um let's move on to gore yeah so how many wrapping paper cuts would you give this? Okay. Um, much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the gore is all implied. There's like a little bit of blood on a weapon at one point. But I'm going to give it two out of five. First of all, because I gave Ghost Cat freaking two out of five, so I have to be <laughs> consistent. And second of all, the kills are really intense. Mm-hmm. They are, they're not gory, but they're good. They're scary and they're visceral. Like There's a part where he has like that winch hook. And he swings it into the house mother's face and you don't see anything. And I'm not, I don't remember if you hear anything, but it's, you feel it. And it's just kind of awful and disgusting and you don't have to see anything and it works. Yeah. They had really good timing as far as like really adding to the tension and like, Uh you know, especially because you never see the killer. Like you never see his face. Um, There's a moment where you kind of see his eye because of light sticking through. um, But it really allows like the tension to be really heightened because it's always like first person camera, etc. Yeah. Um, I would rate it two out of five gore. There was some pretty cool kills. Uh, again, the hook was really great. Uh, also there was this like for Barb, who was a really annoying ca- um, character who was just the drunk all the time who got the kid drunk. Um, she was killed while she was asleep with a glass unicorn. It was beautiful. It was great. It's like one of those trinkets that that you want because you know it's from that movie. Um, but she gets killed, and at first, you know, it's just the the glass going in, and then the glass is covered with blood. It's very artistic and beautiful, and everyone is so happy because Barb needed to die. Well, I love Barb. She has a whole speech about how um, there are turtles that can screw for three days, and she's like, "You want to know how I found out?" I went to the zoo and watched them. It was very boring. And like even drunk, she's hilarious and I love her. Yeah, she was pretty great. Anyway. Oh, there, there's even a part where um, Barb is having an asthma attack. Yes. That is one of the scariest parts of the movie for me. Like, because the killer's above her and then you hear screaming. You're like, oh, she's dying. But she's like, no, she was having an asthma attack because she saw the killer and fr- thought it was a dream and it freaked her out. But that asthma attack was pre- uh, presented so devastatingly. I was like, because mostly in movies when you see asthma, it's the nerd going, <laughs> or whatever, and like he has an inhaler, and it goes, and it's fine. But with her, it was like, she could die right now. And I think it was one of the most like visceral depictions of that kind of affliction I've ever seen. And I was like, I, this is really cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. Breathing life back into into her. What would you do without your sisters? It really makes me wonder how she functions if, you know, she could die in the middle of the night. I'm glad that she's living in a sorority house with other people there. That's so beautiful. I know. What did you rate it on quality? Quality, I rated it a four out of five. I know that's surprising considering how low I rated it everything else. But the things that we talked about that weren't mentioned in our ratings is what really made it shine. So how funny it was, um, how the, the heightened tension how well thought out it was um all the characters you got to make sure you knew everyone's name at the end of the movie which is great and you uh knew kind of what they were about also oh canada canada always gets a good score oh yeah canada so, knows how to make slasher movies oh, yeah, it's absolutely. just true absolutely so four to five and yourself how many presents i also gave it four to five um it's not my favorite slasher in the world but it's much higher than my first viewing I really, really like this film. I totally get why it's a classic, and it's really well done. Um, one thing I was struck by in this viewing of it was that the soundscape in this movie is insane. It's so good. There's a scene where um, Peter, uh, final girl Jess's boyfriend, fails his recital, and so he smashes his piano with this big metal bar thing. And it cuts to another scene, but the piano smashing becomes the score to the scariness of the next scene, and it's like really beautifully crafted and there's a whole bunch of scenes like that yeah and uh i was noticing that too because so the killer is inside the house and automatically you would think well if he's inside the house then someone would would find him eat pretty easily you know yeah. he's in the attic however they kind of wove in the sound cues with the entire movie where um like for example one major moment was there's a um a caroling choir yeah. So carolers come, and right when carolers come, Jess, the main character, goes, opens the door, and listens. And at that moment, you know that that's going to be enough sound to cover another kill. Yeah. And you know that that's going to happen. And, and that happened um, in other ways, too. There was the party, which is where mm -hmm. the first kill happens, and that's too loud, and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really cool how they did that with the sound. Yeah, and there's a lot of non-diegetic things that happen, like things that don't necessarily exist in the universe. They're just kind of floating around mm -hmm. to just bridge scenes together. Like there's this creepy song that the killer sings that becomes part of the score. Yeah. And you don't, you never, like it's not even a scene that killer's really in. It's just like a song that comes up and it's so overwhelming and it's just such an intricate part of this tapestry of the sound of the movie. It's really, really cool. Yes, indeed. And also uh, like very early feminist actions because the main character Jess who we haven't really talked about a lot yet um she is pregnant and she wants to get an abortion and her boyfriend doesn't want her to and she gives this whole speech that's actually really empowering it's like go feminism yeah like I have things that I want to do with my life and like I need to achieve them yeah I don't want to marry you just because you failed a piano and you want a fallback plan right exactly um, what, but it's even more, it's obviously even more uh, impactful because it's the seventies and it's, yeah, know, exactly. Not that I know anything about the healthcare system of Canada in the seventies, but just in general, um, definitely really cool dialogue. Yeah. And speaking of feminism, we're moving on to our champion dialogue segment and I will <laughs> share my quote, which is from Barb, Barb, who is the drunk slutty chick who is awesome and I love and Shannon hates and made me sad. Um, but <laughs> She's talking on the phone to her mother and 
this this piece of dialogue is actually in the background of another conversation, which is part of why I like it. Like it's so subtle, you might not necessarily notice it. I didn't notice it. He actually was like, "Did you hear what she said to her, to her mom?" And I was like, "No." One because I wasn't uninterested in what she was saying to her mother because she's an awful human being, and two because Shannon, she's just Shannon's life is black or white. She's like, "You suck. I'm gonna ignore you." She died. Like I don't remember that scene. Barb sucks. I know there was more. There there was a, a main plot line that was happening in front of her talking to her mom though. Yeah. So uh, uh yeah, but he was like, "Did you hear that?" And I was like, "No." And so he's like, "Okay." And we we went backwards just so we could listen again, and it it was gold. Yeah. So you're gonna have to listen pretty hard. Um, we'll actually we'll play this twice. Yes. So you can listen for it. And in case you didn't catch that, she called her mother. A gold-plated whore. Listen again. Isn't that the best thing you've ever heard? Who talks to their mom like that? It's like, do you talk to your mother with that mouth? It's like, do you talk to your mother with that mouth? And the answer is yes for Barb. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of understand contextually that her parents are essentially saying, like, don't come home for the holidays, which leads her to decide to, like, go with her friends on a ski trip instead of going home uh-huh um so you do feel bad for her in a little bit but also like don't don't say that to your mother well her mother's her mother's kind of a gold-plated whore i mean come to think of it i guess so anyway what's your champion dialogue my champion dialogue uh is also from barb what? i know uh it's after the first obscene phone call happens and this is an actual actual obscene phone call and yeah this is her response to that expanded his act could that be one person no claire that's the mormon tabernacle choir doing their annual obscene phone call anyway i just thought it was really funny because of i guess the religious context of it and how i couldn't imagine um devout people getting together once a year to commit to, to commit like a the, the annual obscene phone call yeah, to just get it out of their systems. Uh, I think that that was just really funny. And uh, so, yeah. And that's one of the examples of the movie actually being intentionally funny. Right. It Barb is great. Barb is a goddess. All right, whatever. Speaking of Barb, who is your favorite character? My favorite character is, drumroll please, <laughs> Mrs. Mac, the oh. house mother. Okay. I love Mrs. Mac. She's really good at hiding alcohol bottles wherever she goes. Like literally every scene she's in, she fishes alcohol out of somewhere. I bet she has little like Hennessy bottles sewed into the back of her jacket that she can Probably. rip open at a moment's notice. And I love that. At one point she's brushing her teeth and singing as you do. Mm-hmm. And she actually, she gargles with whiskey. She's the original Kesha. Indeed she is. And I have so much respect for Mrs. Mac and I was so sad when she died. I know. I think it's so funny that you really love people who just don't have their lives together like <laughs> at all. And I just really love those golden few that are the only people who have their lives together and are trying to like help. That's beautiful. But like I'm not interested in those people because they, they can handle themselves. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this is why we work out so well. Yeah. Speaking uh, of, who's your favorite speaking character? Speaking of, my favorite character uh, is Jess. And I will tell you why. So Jess is kind of... Like she comes off as kind of the dumb one because she's very she's the prettiest one she she comes comes out off kind of dumb and she has an accent right so if we think back to like the house in sorority row all right the person who fulfilled how do we know she has an accent right the person who fulfilled that role literally said that one line and then died and so that's what I was expecting with this movie as well no Jess 
does great. Not only does she have substance and dimension, but she comes all the way around to killing her crazy boyfriend in a moment of kind of like triumph and out of kind of desperation because he broke into her basement for no reason. Yeah, he was insane. He was he was crazy. Uh, but I just I really enjoyed her character and I enjoyed that she like actually cared about her sisters and uh, yeah, she was great. I was thoroughly surprised. Yeah, fantastic. And now onto our favorite scene. Yes. Uh, my favorite scene actually contains Jess, so I will share that with you now. Um, well, there's a part where uh, Jess and Phyllis, who are the only two sorority girls left alive, but they don't know that at this point. Right. They think that everyone's asleep. Yeah. Um, there's these like two guys that show up because they're at part of a search party out looking for uh, their missing sorority sister. Right. And they don't realize that they're actually at the sorority house. And so they have this wacky Canadian moment where these guys have uh, shotguns and they're like, well, ma'am, you got to do the thing and you got to make sure you're safe. And they're like, ha ha, we were baking cookies. Uh, they made some weird joke about how they their, said dog, their died. dog died. Yeah. It was like, why didn't they tell the men like we're the sorority house where the girl went missing? Look in the attic. That's what I like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you're searching for the missing girl, maybe look in her freaking house because that's where she is. God damn it. Anyway. So they have this wacky scene and then because they have the chain on the door and they keep trying to shut it and the men keep talking to them. And it's this whole wacky thing. And then they close the door and then Jess turns to Phyllis and she's like, you know what? This is the only door or window in the entire house that's locked. And then they run around <laughs> locking everything because they somehow in the middle of all the obscene phone calls and people dying, they just found the time to be like, you know what I want is this uh, chilly Christmas breeze blowing up through my drawers. Right. Honestly, the the only reason those characters are there are just so that they can be like, OK, girls, like make sure to lock your windows and doors. And then they look at each other and go, huh. We should do that. And then they do it. Yeah, come to think of it, now that you mention it. Right? Like, we this have is completely the only one. failed as horror movie characters. And I was like, oh, it was so blase. It was really funny. Yeah, it was just such a casual moment. And they were like, ah, crap. Yeah. I feel like both of our favorite scenes contained possible lines that would have been, they were they were contenders for champion yeah, dialogue. Potential champion Definitely. dialogue. Um, my favorite scene, uh, which is marked as fellatio scene, which. Is it's, more it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not as bad as it sounds. So, um this is back in the seventies. So there there's a a two letter exchange for those who remember what a two letter exchange is for phone calls. Um so Barb is at the station already drunk because they just came from the party she literally pops the tab on a beer in the police station she while does, they're reporting yeah. their sister missing yeah so no one can take Bob, barb seriously but want to live hardcore you gotta be hardcore <laughs> i guess so opposite, whatever. i guess so um anyway so there's this there's this sergeant nash is his name he's this this like goody two shoes who's who does all the front desk work for for the station and uh, he goes, okay, so what's your number? And she goes, uh, Felatio 2080. And he's like, what? And she goes, Effie, it's a new, it's a new exchange. If, if anybody was alive during that time, please explain to me what an exchange is. Okay, I know. I'll tell you, you later. You can contact us on Twitter <laughs> at Scream101Pod. Yeah, that's, that's probably better. Uh, anyway, so, so he's like, okay, how do you spell it? And then she spells it out for him. And so it's just on the docking information. Like, it's just yeah. on there, right? 
So later, the movie goes on. Like literally half an hour later in the yeah, movie. Yeah, this it's, is it's such a long payoff. It's great. Yeah, it's a continue. I'm, I'm, it's kind of like two scenes in one because I'm continuing the scene, but it's it's one action. Yeah. Uh, finally, <laughs> one action of Felicia. Right. Finally, um, uh, John Saxon, who is Lieutenant something rather. Lieutenant John Saxon. Yeah, Lieutenant John Saxon um is like oh this is happening at this house we should probably like look into that we're gonna call them and he pulls out the docking information and he looks at the bottom and before he even gets to read it there's this like sergeant brown or lieutenant brown or something this other guy in the room who's already laughing he's already in on the joke yeah and he he didn't do anything about it because he's a cop who doesn't care but he (laughs) but he just waits for john saxon to find it and then john saxon is like what is this? And calls and calls Nash and goes, Nash, come here. Nash comes in and they go, what is this? And he's like, it's Felicio. It's a new exchange. And they both go like, Nash, I swear you can't do anything right. And Nash's response was just, oh, it's dirty, huh? Like he totally didn't know that poor, poor boy. Yeah. But there was also a part of that scene where he was like, Felicio, uh, Felicio, the girl in there gave it to me. Like she gave me the number. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Felicia, she gave it to me. And they both like looked at each other. That's right. Can't even it was so funny I couldn't even tell it right. It was yeah. just scattered in my brain. Such a pure cinnamon bun. Oh indeed. That Sergeant Nash. Anyway, um, let's move on to the splatter dome. Splatter. Okay, we're not gonna change the thing, but it's called the Jingle Dome. The Jingle Dome, Merry Christmas. And now a moment of silence for those who have departed us. Claire is smothered with plastic. Piano is smashed with a metal pole. Mrs. Mac is hooked in the face. Janice is killed off screen. Barb is stabbed with a glass unicorn. Officer Jennings has his throat slit. Phyllis is killed off screen. Peter is beat to death with a poker, and he deserved it. Okay. Oh, man. Moving on to best kill. What was your best kill? Uh, my best kill, I already brought it up. It's Mrs. Matt getting hit in the face with that uh, winch hook thing, mm-hmm. which I just was, I totally forgot that that scene was in the movie and when it happened, because the killer's up there and he's holding the winch. You see him just sitting there and his hands are shaking and he looks either scared or really excited and I don't, like either way, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. And then he just swings it and it just, it's about to make contact and it cuts away and it was just such a, like that moment had me on the hook, so to speak. Ah, that's funny. It was yeah, good. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I love some sorority houses that have strange um, uh, kid toys in the, in the attic. Oh, it's yeah. It's just really creepy. Also, why would they even have one of those hook things? Is there a purpose? Do you know? To lift stuff into the attic, I guess. Oh. Okay. I, I guess that makes sense. It's just weird. Anyway. Uh, maybe it's how the cat got in. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my best kill was the glass unicorn, which we talked about earlier, which was really cool. And I kind of want a glass unicorn now. Yeah, it was a really beautifully shot moment. It was. Because you see the blood through another glass figurine, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of this cool kaleidoscope effect. It's pretty. Yeah, and the unicorn's horn is like three times the size of the actual unicorn's head. Yeah. So like the minute you see it in the scene, you're just like, oh, that's it. Please, please let that be it. And it is. It's great. And uh, so who are you going to put on the naughty list? Someone who survives this film that you want to kill. Okay, so despite what I had said earlier about him being a pure cinnamon bun, <laughs> Sergeant Nash is a horrible cop and cannot follow instructions and does not care about people in a way that he should because he just like disregards these young women's plights. 
I agree. A Sergeant Nash is also my choice. Oh, I good. Want to murder him. Good. Because yeah, if if not for his negligence, so many more people would be alive still. True. My, like my poor Phyllis. Poor Phyllis and her perm. And her perm. Her perm should have protected her. It's like a helmet. Exactly. Like a helmet. Exactly. Which leads to our ni- nice list. My nice list is Phyllis. The person that you want to bring back to life. Yes, yes. We didn't even really talk about Phyllis, which is a shame. Because the minute that the credits rolled, like the beginning credits rolled, I was very exciting. I was very excited because I saw Andrew Martin's name and I was like, what? No. Canada in the 70s? But sure enough, it is Andrea Martin from My Big Freck Week Wedding Esteem. And I saw her in Pippin when she played it uh in, at the Pantages in LA and she is wonderful and I watched her run over a cone in her Prius and then my dad almost killed himself by running into the street to pick it up to bring it home with us that's beautiful Merry Christmas yeah it's a Christmas miracle I know I said nothing of her character but she's wonderful and she's she's the Just person Andrew who has Martin is good apparently yeah she but but Phyllis herself is the person who has her life together she has uh-huh. a boyfriend she uh which you know she has a perm she, she can has afford a perm. perms people go to her for things she isn't wasted at the party like mm-hmm. Barb is um she and Mrs. Mack have a good dialogue Phyllis has her stuff together it is great great and did you know they're making a my big fat Greek wedding too I do indeed. I'm very excited about my my parents and I are going to see it like opening night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sergio and I saw a trailer for it today before Sisters and I was like, that exists? All right. Cool. Oh, you watched Sisters? We did. Was it good? It was pretty good. Oh, cool. It was fun. Oh, good. I'm seeing it with my mom. Yeah. Uh, see, basically the rule of thumb this year, it's the weirdest thing. Never would have expect, uh, expected it. But the rule of thumb is if John Cena is in a movie, go see that movie. Oh, good. Because he's so funny. Oh, my sister's going to love it then. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. All right, moving on. My uh, on my nice list. Uh, on my nice list, the person that I want to resurrect is uh, Janice, who is a character who's totally tertiary to everything. She's a thirteen-year-old girl who plays the clarinet who is killed. Oh, poor Janice. Yeah, she like she's um the sorority girl is missing and Janice is missing and they find Janice. Like it's we like how did they find Janice? Janice is just in a park somewhere, and Claire, who's the smothered girl, is in her own attic and no one could find her. Right. Anyway, but I just. I just feel like a 13-year-old doesn't deserve to die in this movie. We don't see her die, and we don't know if it's even connected to the killings in this movie at all. But it just made me sad. Yeah, And I, I want to stab whoever killed her with a clarinet. Right? We can draw the conclusion that the killer probably like walked through the park and killed her, and then on the way, like stopped at this house, and has just been killing people on their way. Yeah, like I guess it's just it's never addressed, which is another one of those things. It's just like that's true. Creepy sprinkles of spice on this movie. Yeah, I feel like our next podcast, like when we have a new podcast show, we're just gonna name it "How to Write a Horror Film," and just have components like have a killer, but don't explain why the killer is killing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And don't kill Janice. God damn it. Okay. Right. Uh, moving on to the games, something more cheerful than uh, preteen murders. Yay! <laughs> All right. We're going to open with one of our classic games, the Divination Game. Divination Game, 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 game. This is the game where I give you the future careers of three actors from the movie, and you have to guess who they are. Okay. All right. Okay, the first one, uh, this major crew member, so this actually isn't an actor, but I needed to share this information. Okay, so I'm not expected to get this one. Well, I just guess a crew member. Okay. Um, Worked on Porky's. Baby Geniuses, and most importantly, A Christmas Story. Okay, so I think it's the producer because you made some comment about 
the producer when his name came up on the screen. Oh, that was just a joke that I make all the time where I see someone I've never heard of and I'm like, oh my God, David Jeltz is in you this? You do that? Yeah. That's horrible. It's so fun. I can sound like I know things. I know. That's that's awful. I Well, I also do it the real way, so it's just confusing, I guess. Exactly. Like, we always expect that it's it's real, so for you to throw in, throw a curveball every once in a while. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, that is the director, Bob Clark. He directed A Christmas Story. The... With right, I haven't seen lamp. it. You've never seen it? No. It's a classic. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that or It's a Wonderful Life. Oh my God. Or Miracle on 34th Christmas Street. Spirit. Bah humbug. You suck. I Muppet know. Christmas Carol. Anyway, um, no, those are two holiday classics, but on totally opposite ends of the spectrum, and I totally respect Bob Clark for directing both of them. And also Porky's, one and two. Yeah, obviously. And Baby Geniuses, which I loved as a child. <laughs> Christmas means a lot to this guy. He's yeah. like Sergio. Is, who is asleep right next to me. Next, um, this actress went on to star in Ice Cream Man, which is a slasher, Psycho for the Beginning, It, and she was a voice in the video game Star Wars The Old Republic. Really? Yeah. Oh. Did you play that? I played Knights of the Old Republic, but not Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh. Star Wars The Those Old Republic. Those are different, I guess. Yeah, Star Wars The Old Republic is the online version of the game. Ooh, sneaky. So you maybe, may or may not have heard her voice if they reused it. Maybe, yeah. Um, Is it Jess? It is Jess. Congratulations. Yay. You get a point. Yay. Where, <laughs> where the points are arbitrary and they don't matter. That's fine. Um, This next actress, she was in the Amityville Horror. She was in Shadow Zone, My Teacher Ate My Homework. And... She was. She played Lois Lane in four Superman movies. Wow. Superman 1, 2, 3, and 4, if you're wondering. Wow. I had uh, no idea. This is crazy. Barb? Yes. That's Yay. Margot Kidder who played Barb. Yay, she was Barb. She's Lois Lane. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a huge Superman fan, please watch this movie because Barb steals every scene she's in and you will never look <laughs> at Lois the same way again. Uh, Lois... Off the lane. <laughs> oh, no. Candy cane lane. Anyway, on to the next game. Yeah. Um, this next game is called Secret Santas. Okay. And I'm going to give you the title of a Christmas horror movie. Okay. And you have to tell me whether or not it's real or fake. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll start you off easy. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, that's real because I've seen it. Yes, we watched that Yay. one together. All right. Silent Night, Bloody Night. No. That is real. Oh. It's really bad, too. I can imagine. Oh, man. I hate that movie. Uh, Silent Night, Evil Night. No. That's also real. God. <laughs> be original, people. Uh, Silent Night, Zombie Night. Yes. Yeah, that's real. Oh, my God. <gasps> Christmas Evil. Yes. Yeah. That one's also... A lot of people like that, but I cannot stand that one. Uh, Santa's Slay. S-L-A-Y. Yes. Yes, and it stars Bill Goldberg of WWE. Awesome. So continuing our theme of me praising WWE people. Uh, Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S. That one. Oh, you're saying it's real or not? Yeah, 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 it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's on my shelf right now. I've never seen it, though. I should watch it next year. To All a Good Night. Yes. Yeah, that's real. Okay. A Christmas Horror Story. Yes. Yeah, that's real. Okay. Um... Don't open till Christmas. Yes. Yes, that's real. Okay. Satan Claus. No. That's real. Oh, God. 
two front teeth. Because like all I want for Christmas yeah, yeah, is yeah. two front teeth. Uh, no. That's real. Oh my gosh. And you better watch out. Yes. Yeah, that's real. Um, so you got nine out of thirteen correct, and just to repeat, every single one of those titles was real. I figured as much. That, that was is, um, uh, Christmas horror is one of the best things that's ever happened on the planet, and you're welcome, everyone. Yeah, that's something special. So moving on into our final statements, what uh, recommendation do you have for people who agreed with you about this film, Shannon? Okay, so I'm recommending The House on Sorority Row for multiple reasons. One, you get another attic with uh, filled with uh, kid toys for no reason. Yeah, oof. Uh, that one had a reason, though. Cause it was well, Never mind, know, yeah. Fine. We're good. Uh, two, it's just great to have a sorority house with uh, with victims and, and uh, the den mother, and it's very it's stationed the same way. Um, but it's great. So check it out. It's great. Yeah, it's I love favor- sorority I know. Movies. It's one of my favorites. It's so great. And my recommendation is another holiday movie. If you, yeah, it's a holiday movie. It's Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Wow. And I'm not asking you to take this recommendation seriously because I don't even like the first Jack Frost very much. But the second one is so much cheaper and so much more fun to watch. Because the main guy from the first one goes on this tropical vacation and the snowman gets like infused with antifreeze so he can swim in the ocean. And then there's a whole bunch of like baby snowballs that are little puppets and it's adorable and it was so much fun. That sounds like a like an acid trip. It's the weirdest movie. Wow. I watched it like two years ago on Christmas and it was great. That's, yeah, something else. Anyway, um, on to our clue section. Next week to celebrate, or uh, next week our episode's coming out on New Year's Day. So to celebrate New Year's Eve Day, New Year's Eve, uh, we'll be watching Terror Train with Jamie Lee Curtis. Terror Train! That's going to be a really fun one. I'm excited about that. And here is the clue for our episode two weeks from now. We'll be starting the new year off right with a month of Italian horror classics. Our first flick will take us to school with Janet. Well, the second Janet. Damn it. <laughs> that was good. That's funny. Thank you. And if you have a guest to that clue, if you have any champion dialogues, questions, or comments you want to share with Terror Train, or you just want to give us your opinion on the show, give us suggestions and whatnot, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five golden stars. Hmm. <laughs> Well, or calling no, okay. <laughs> Just speed sing song. And we'll be playing you out with Silent Night by Carl Zittrer from the Black Christmas soundtrack.
<laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't even think I know all the birds. There's so many birds. Why would my true love give me so many birds? So you can eat them because that's what you do on holidays. I guess that makes sense. But before you eat them, they're just gonna like you have to eat them one at a time, pretty much, because I'm not like I can't eat that much. And then all their poop would get all over, and that's just not a great present for me. That's gross. All right, bye everyone. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Is it still Hanukkah? It's not still Hanukkah. It's not. I feel so bad for people who have to celebrate Hanukkah with other families. Happy post Hanukkah. Goodbye. Bye. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay. Okay, this is going to be so long. Goodbye.